to another episode of the Community Development Podcast, Doing What It Says in the Tin, connecting the community development workforce, sharing its learning and promoting the value of the approach. My name is Russell Todd and I'm at the Victoria Youth Centre in Wrexham Town Centre, also known as the Vic, and I am with uh, Mike Barkley. Hello, Mike. Hi. We're going to sort of discuss playwork as community development and the sort of context of this was that with my work hat on, which is in Communities First Protecting Poverty Programme in Wales, and you with your Wrexham Council hat on, mm. we're working on a piece of work around trying to better, better capture, better articulate some of the social benefits of, of play work. And there was a whole piece of work that's been done and, and everything else. I'm not going to kind of talk about that now. But as part of the brief, there was a sentence there that really captured my imagination and made me kind of sort of stop in my tracks as I was reading the brief that we were collaborating on at the time. And it was that play work might best be understood as play-centred community development. And it was used that community development term, which I see a lot, and sometimes you go... Is it really? Is that the term you need? Is that the term you actually mean? As well intended as that is. And I'd never conceived of it in that sort of context. Mm. So we did a whole lot of other stuff, a whole lot of other work, been really, really busy with it. And what we thought we'd do is get together without the word hat and badge and ID on and lanyard and the rest of it to kind of just investigate this a bit more. And if there's an appetite in people hearing it, then even better. So that's where we are. What do people need to know about you, Mike? Well, I have three main roles in relation to children's play um, and play work. One, I'm a dad, so working in some support or not of children's play on a daily basis. But then I run an organisation called Ludicology with Ben Towell. Um, Ludicology means a study of playfulness, so that's what that organisation is really about. And we provide advice, research and training around children's play, and that's really about supporting anybody that's working with or on behalf of children to better understand children's playfulness and therefore how we work with them. But I'm also the play sufficiency lead for Wrexham Council. So I manage Wrexham Council's play development team, and I support uh, and manage a lot of playwork provision. And I've, well, I've only ever been a play worker. I've managed to make a career out of being a play worker. And there's not a lot of people who can say that because there's not many play workers. Man and boy. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so play work is a, a real passion of mine. I think the play work profession has a lot of value that isn't widely recognised. Mm. kind of feel similar in terms of communities first. That's pretty much... <laughs> and community development is pretty much all I've, I've, I've done, actually. My first community development role was actually one I fell into, stumbled into, like a lot of us, um, in Wrexham, up in Hightown. So, put the work hat back on. Whenever there's work with Communities First to Maxim, it probably holds a slightly sort of closer place to my heart than, than, than other CF areas, which I might get lynched for saying <laughs> on, yeah. on air if anyone from Communities First hears this. But, you know, I cut my teeth up there, made some, you know, dreadfully embarrassing kind of blunders and mistakes looking back. I'm still um, making those. Uh, indeed. And uh, so it's always nice to come back as well. So, this phrase, play work as play centred community development. Yeah, it's something that I've been thinking about for quite a while. And I think really for a lot of people who are in the UK who have been in playwork for a long time, this is really the way that within playwork a lot of those people would have thought about it. But I suppose to, to make sense of it, we should start talking about what playwork is about. And in terms of what playworkers do, they are first and foremost concerned with supporting children's right to play. So the outcome of playwork, ideally, is more playing. Playwork is concerned with the child's agenda of playing, which is pretty unique, really. If you look at most adults 
who work with children, they usually, and this isn't to diminish their roles at all, but they usually come with some form of adult desired outcome. They are working with children towards some future developmental outcome, and playwork isn't. Playwork is concerned about whether children are able to play as a kind of everyday part of their lives. And so, you know, primarily, in simple terms, playwork is about enabling and supporting children's play. But then when you think about how do you go about supporting children's play and think about the realities of children's play, most people, through their own childhoods or from having children or knowing children, would recognise that children play in all kinds of places. You know, children don't just play in these kind of designated times and spaces where playworks might be. So playworks often, you know, they, they run adventure playgrounds or play schemes and those places are great for playing, but they're not all of children's play lives by any means. And actually, if we wanted to really support children's play, it would be about making sure that children could easily find time and space for playing wherever they find themselves. Mm-hmm whether it's at home or out in the street or on the way to school or down by the shops, you know, really, in those communities where children rate very high satisfaction with playing, you find examples of them playing all over the place. And really that leads you to think about, about, it's more about developing the conditions for playing rather than it is about only about specific provision. Right. How do we cultivate more favourable conditions so that children can find time and space for playing? And that's where I think we start to look at this kind of community development role Mm. because I think play workers, when they're at their best, are looking at how do you cultivate a culture of playing throughout a whole community. Um, And certainly some of the best play work I've seen, and I'm really proud to say that I've seen it in Wrexham, is those places where play workers are right in amongst their communities. Mm. Yet they might have a designated place, you know, a kind of a junk playground, which offers certain things, but they're also right in the middle of their communities. They're you know, involved in community celebrations. They're playing hide-and-seek on estates. Mm. They're cleaning up patches of grass. They're temporarily taking over a street creating that kind of sense that children's play is welcome in this community. And I think in that way, play workers are doing community development work. They are trying to develop communities that are supportive of play so that their focus is always on improving conditions for playing. But through doing that, I think we get all kinds of other benefits as well. Because what's interesting is that, as you describe it like that, to me, yeah, it seems, it seems actually quite sort of quite sort of patently obvious, actually. Mm. And you kind of think, well, okay, well, why had that not really occurred to me so clearly or obviously previously? And I think it's because maybe it's that interpretation or that or conception of play as a certain thing that mm. happens and defining it in a certain way, and it looks like yeah. maybe, like say, play schemes or yeah. in council playgrounds and parks and things like that. And I think a tinge of guilt that I've overly sort of simplified it. Because the other thing, when we started first started sort of working together, was that I picked up quite early on, I'm trying to what's the point where you're saying this, that you were quite um, determined to make a distinction between play work and uh, play and yeah. playing. Yes. I didn't want to say the word obsessive, but 
That would be fair. (laughs) But play work is a particular thing that is distinct. And that was something I found myself having to kind of coach myself not to, you know, not to kind of annoy you with. And and I think this is kind of one of the the principles for for me behind some of this work and some of this kind of theory and the principles behind sort of doing this podcast and discussing it is that you see reference to community development quite a lot and you kind of go, well, it's community based. Mm. It may be, you know, it may be immersed in the community. It's well intended. Maybe it might one day become community development. But it's not at the moment. Mm. And I sense the sort of a parallel between how you were describing playwork and certainly the settings that you're probably kind of alluding to in what yeah, you just yeah. said in Wrexham, which are very unique. Yeah. And I don't think I've really encountered many in my sort of community development background or my personal background elsewhere in, in, in and around sort of Cardiff or South Wales. I'm now very wary of maybe using community development in the wrong way. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think there is... A, my own back. Yeah, there is. I mean, play workers do it. Play workers use play as a shorthand for their roles, and it is one of my pet hates because it's completely misleading. Mm. Play is this thing that we talk about. Children do it, all right? And I know people say that all all people play, and it's true. Mm. Mm. And people who play more are probably healthier and have happier lives generally. But there is something other about children. They are driven to relentlessly try and find opportunities for playing. Mm. And I think that adults do them a disservice when we use the word play for our own means. And what we've seen over recent decades, I think, is is kind of adults, I mean, you know, almost trying to take ownership of the word play. So so what we'll do is children play because, you know, there always has to be a why children play. Mm. So children play because it's about learning. Or children play because it improves physical activity. That's not why children play. Children play because they are driven to do it and they're motivated to do it because of the pleasure they gain from doing it. It is that simple. And I think for play workers, we recognise that it's just about saying children are people, which I think itself gets overlooked. Um, You know, uh, I made this point recently. You know, we now call teenagers young people. Mm. And I think in an attempt to show that we respect them more we respect them as a person but it yeah. doesn't mean if you're not yet a teenager you're not even a young person mm. you know we, we don't really treat children often as people but play mm. workers do and we say those kinds of people are very playful mm. that's what they do and therefore we should support that because they have a right as a person to do that stuff in their communities um and, and, and so for us, I, th- I think for play work, play is about the stuff that kids do for whatever reason they do it. But in saying that, we recognise that all kinds of benefits coming from the, them doing it. The irony is that when adults try and take ownership of that play and try and make it purposeful to get to their developmental outcome that yeah. they desire, we see adults getting involved in making play less playful. Yeah. We actually end up, you know, it's kind of own worst enemy it's quite it's quite it's quite sort of powerful I suppose to kind of say children do it it's just a sheer intrinsic yeah value yeah I mean that's and, actually and, what and the, the pleasure that they derive from it and actually that's what the Welsh government says the definition yeah. in the play policy says it is freely chosen personally directed and intrinsically motivated mm. like all definitions of play you can pick some holes in that because not everybody freely chooses to be picked last in the football yeah. but there are unique qualities about play it's more or less child-led. It's highly variable. It contains all these kinds of elements of uncertainty. And it is done for its own sake. 
and when adults kind of try and support it from for some other kind of external goal, it isn't really playing, yeah. and children know it. That's the other big yeah. thing for me is that I think there's because they are for children it is an instinctive drive. It follows that they have some kind of instinctive awareness of what is enough playing, mm. and where they get enough playing, they have a better attachment to the places because they can rec- they can recognise people who are supportive of play, mm-hmm. they can mm-hmm. recognise institutions that are supportive of play, and they can recognise communities that are supportive of yeah. play, and they're more attached to those kind of places. You know, it's about recognising that children aren't. So play them. workers get that. Hopefully. And when I say play workers, in the same way that there's a particular definition in your mind and in the sector's mind then about what, what is and what isn't a play work, yeah. does that follow the same for what is and what isn't a play worker? And the reason I ask that, because in the community development sector, there's been for the last sort of few years this drive to professionalise it, and I mm. use, always use that term advisedly, because mm. yeah. there's a certain pejorative kind of connotation that yeah. that, that throws up. But to develop... And, and to articulate and, and to kind of form that consensus around values and principles and then to, certainly more recently then to develop occupational standards. Mm. So a community development worker is somebody that does these things informed by these values and abide yeah. by these principles. Which is not to say that there are people doing those things who probably wouldn't for one second call themselves a community mm. development worker. And certainly you've got the whole issue of whether people are doing that in a paid or unpaid capacity. Is that the same parallel then with people... Yeah, I, I think so, and I think, and I think the really important point is, like you say there, I think there's been a danger in the past that it's kind of seen that people go, oh, so play workers are the ones that work with play, therefore other people don't. And that's certainly right. not the case. Yeah. And, we're, and, and certainly in, you know, in terms of this, the things we do with Ludicology and in Wrexham, we're saying that anybody who works with and on behalf of children and their families would be best placed to do so, where they had a good understanding of children's play and how to work with it. And many of the problems we come across is where we work against children's innate playfulness. Mm. So everybody would be better off understanding children's play. But I do think play work has a distinct role in terms of being focused on play as the outcome, not coming at it from other, you know, other adult prescribed outcomes, um, and being primarily concerned with cultivating these more favourable mm. conditions and relating to children by supporting their play. And I think there is real value in, in that profession being appropriately recognised. And that's what Playwork has been trying to do. You know, we were talking a bit before we were recording then about you saying kind of same happened in the development of community development work. Playwork came out of the junk playgrounds, the concept of which was brought to the UK from Denmark. And we used to call them play leaders and that's, we, we turned it into play workers because we kind of avoid this idea that adults are leading the play. Yeah. But it was through that emergence of playwork over probably 60 years that we then worked towards what we now call the playwork principles, which is an ethical framework that guides playwork practice. Only eight principles, because I think it's a bit like play. It's very hard to pin down exactly what playwork Mm. is without kind of losing... That's one of the challenges with national occupational standards, isn't it? That As soon as you try and standardise maybe you lose what is so special about something like community development and or play work. But there is a sense that, that we need to be able to describe what play work is and what play work isn't, and that's what the play work principles tried to do. But that stuff was only kind of introduced, you know, 
around 2000 onwards. It was, I think, 2005 the Playwork Principles were actually endorsed. But those values and ideas had been developing for 40 years before that. And I think within Playwork, there's a pretty... There's certainly a shared appreciation of what Playwork is. I don't think that Playwork's always been very good at articulating what it is, and that's maybe why it's not as well known as it should be. People tend to have the conversations with each other. Yeah. It's within that, that almost very sort of close shop. Yeah. Community the same. Community's first as a programme is the same. Yeah. We talk to each other about things. Uh, we learn from each other. We don't necessarily tell other people mm. or sort of stakeholders perhaps sort of looking in. Mm. And certainly not those people who don't get it mm. or don't want it for, you know, for yeah. whatever reason. Um, no, I can, I can certainly see the parallel there. Yeah, and I think... I think part of it actually comes down to, again, going back to that thing as players and outcome, it's all about how we construct childhood and play in the UK and the fact that play isn't really currently seen as a legitimate outcome in in its own Mm -hmm. right. Um, You know, play is not as important as learning or play is not as important as, you know, sport or these other things that we, you know, in our society we value more than playing, although the irony is that for children, playing is probably the most important one. But play workers suffer a bit with that, and I think yeah. they kind of uh, have felt a bit like kind of second, secondary professionals. You know, they they don't have the same status as teachers or you know whoever else in in children's lives. Mm. But if if play was really valued and people really understood what happens when you work in support of play, then I think that position might change. So is the part of the role of a play worker yeah, this, this probably is as much kind of part of a job description uh, or sorry, not part of the job description as much as it probably mm. ought to be is it about yeah, persuading others, yeah. persuading funders persuading the powers yeah. that be, persuading political leaders, community leaders of its intrinsic value yeah. that it as an outcome is enough in itself, because again the parallel with community development or a more in my mind, perhaps sort of traditional non-play work context would be, you know, empowered communities, good thing. Yes. So why do we have to justify it? Yeah. Or why do we have to justify activity yeah. that is leading to that yeah. or, or hoping to lead to that yeah. to such an extent? Why do we have to write, you know, long-winded funding applications mm. and, and, and all the rest of that if it is clearly so worthwhile a goal in itself? Yeah. And I think you know, something else you wrote in that initial brief was about the extent to which play workers support the development of positive attitudes towards children. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of corrected me, or sort of wrong-footed me almost, where you kind of think, okay, they're just, you know, okay, a bit flippantly, you know, supervising kids playing. Mm. They're just focused on the, on, on the children. There's an, there's an occasion where they have to actually articulate or argue even within the corridors of power, so to speak, yeah. with... Well, elected I, members in a local authority, for instance. Yeah, and I think there's all kinds. Of, I mean, advocacy is one of the principal, one of the player principles, and I think it's advocacy at many levels. Yeah. So, I, as a play worker, I don't actually do any work with kids hardly now. I still count myself as a play mm. worker, but you know, I spend most of my time advocating to strategic decision makers, funders, elected members, yeah. and parents and other professionals. We've got play workers out today in public spaces and they'll be doing a lot of stuff around advocating maybe in a very kind of subtle way Mm. to parents and people wandering past I mean we've often said you know that almost how many cups of tea you make should be used as some kind of measure for play work 
because that's what they spend loads of time doing. Mm. They, you know, they, they help parents to feel more confident. Mm. And you do that by getting to know them. Yeah. You know, you're not the play worker, you're Mike or you're whoever, you know, that is, that is looking after, you know, is keeping an eye on your kids. Yeah. But not keeping such an eye on them that they're... One of the things that we have in play work is saying, look, your kid can walk off the site if they want to. That's a big thing. Mm-hmm. And that requires then trust between parent and child, that the child's going to stay there if that's what they've agreed or that they are capable of walking home on their own. And trust between parent and play worker that we're kind of going to look out for them but can't you know, hold us completely responsible yeah, for yeah. what happens. So I think there's all kinds of little bits of advocacy. But really, maybe com- conversations is a better word. I think there's yeah. all kinds of conversations to be had about children and their position within communities mm-hmm. and that stuff has to happen on a day-by-day basis yeah, yeah. also sometimes I think it is really taking a stand yeah. you know I've seen play workers do that who won't allow children's rights to be railroaded mm-hmm. I think there's a real kind of justice issue around children in communities particularly around spatial justice and this idea that it's very easy to overlook children's rights because they have less power yeah and so Absolutely. often adult decisions and preferences get prioritised sometimes at the expense of children and it's not about saying we should prioritise children's rights over adults but it's about a more equal distribution and and so I think there is often play workers are kind of mediating between child and adult agendas and just giving children more of a voice and going look this is also okay Mm. Um, but where play workers are in communities for long periods of time, actually you go to them and the relationships between children and, pa- and adults are really positive. And tackling, well, certainly in the first, first place, identifying and drawing attention to those power imbalances then or mm. inequalities, you know, doing something to maybe address them or maybe even them out a little bit more. Yeah. Is, you know, is that was bread and butter then to someone calling themselves a community development worker. Yeah. And I suppose you could argue that actually the label is almost irrelevant. Yeah. Doing that. The community with whom you're doing that, whether it's children and young people, whether it's with communities of interest based around ethnicity or other mm. characteristics, whether it's to do with what's been primarily my background, areas of uh, deprivation disadvantage, mm. you're having to redress those power yeah. balances. And sometimes some of the most deeply rooted ones are not between the, the haves and the have-nots, so to speak, but within the have-nots, um. where you've got people perhaps with a political background or trade mm. union background or just some sort of very prominent sort of community role representing in inverted commas you know the community making mm. decisions and although that's important yeah an additional representative form of democracy is you know is a statement of, of our society you can do it in a participative way and the, the power struggles that have come about where you know your traditional councillor has found his or her role a little bit sort of undermined yeah have been absolutely fascinating to see that yeah. close but as you say you can sometimes get caught in in the middle, particularly oh, if you're yeah. employed by that local authority, yeah, or oh. that councillor is, you know, he's got the portfolio for the, the program that you're funded by. Yeah, I, and I think I think playwork is political, and it has certainly been at the centre of many political issues within communities. Yeah, it's interesting in a community recently, and they were looking at consultation around the redevelopment of some of the housing, which is really positive. But there is potential that what often happens is that again, children's need to access time and space is sometimes overlooked and that maybe adult priorities are given greater emphasis. Mm. But then the play workers take the children into the consultation. Yeah. And it's not always an easy 
situation for adults to be in, but it does start to kind of change those kind of processes and maybe you know maybe there is kind of it does enable something that is a little bit more democratic or at yeah. least something that is a little bit more just but as a consequence it is playwork is always going to be closely tied to political issues absolutely and, and, and there's no we sometimes hear this within within communities first about um you know well you know we've got we've got to be apolitical or you know non-political well the reality is what we're talking about is 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 the redistribution of mm. wealth and resources mm. and power yeah if that's not politics and I don't no, know what no, is exactly, yeah. that, that's been the case for thousands of yeah, years and maybe it's yeah, it's politics at a local level and with a small p and, and, and to a certain but, extent we need to embrace that now clearly there's a time and a place for when that should be partisan or, or, mm. or you know or, or whatever else political with a big piece they say but I think it should be embraced and if we're you know if we're talking about trying to create you know, better better is the wrong word you know more rounded more fully engaged citizens mm. And we know there's a big democratic deficit in a lot of disadvantaged communities. Yeah. Turnout in elections is very, very low. It's not great in other communities, mind No. But it's particularly low in some areas. Then surely showing young people or people at whatever formative age that they still might be that there's merit in getting involved, mm. there's merit in putting your view forward, that can only be a good thing. Again, it comes back to this thing, well, well why do we have to kind of justify this? There's, there's yeah. clearly an intrinsic yeah. value in it. They're the councillors of tomorrow. They're the... Yeah. the community leaders of tomorrow they're the informed parents mm. and they're the children of today Indeed. you know that that's a big part of it for me is about how often do children meet an adult who is pretty much on equal terms with them yeah. 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 you know I, I think that play work spaces are pretty democratic spaces you know yeah. if it, they should be places where if children go actually we want to pull that down now they can pull it down yeah we want to use this space for this now. We want to do this thing now. This isn't, you know, this is one of the reasons why you don't see kind of structured activities on these in these kind of sessions, is because adults might start something off, mm. but if children want to do it another way, that's their prerogative, yeah. and that's actually their, you know, it's it's pretty empowering for kids, really. Yeah. Yeah. I think that often, more so now than ever, I think that children spend time in environments that are supervised and run by adults yeah. and those adults can overextend their authority yeah so i mentioned that you've got, you got certain unique provision within some mm. some of the findings you've had from research they have been you know young people feel safer yeah around or because of these yeah settings but also because of the play workers so what else has been found because people have a greater sense of attachment to those communities yes yeah. We did some work for the Wrexham Second Place Efficiency Assessment where we were looking at different levels of satisfaction with opportunities for playing communities and a couple of the places where children didn't just say it was good but the majority of kids in that community said it was great yeah. were the places where they had kind of sustained play work. Mm. And we went to speak to some of the kids in those schools. You know, we didn't know whether they went to the play work settings because not all kids do. But we went to the schools where kids had rated really high satisfaction and we went and spoke to them. I was talking to the kids and, and these were in some of the more, you know, what would be seen as more economically deprived areas. We asked this group of kids, you know, what's the thing that helps the most? And they're saying, without doubt, the adventure playground, which perhaps was no surprise. But what was really interesting, they then went on to talk about more, more about what the adventure playground did for them when they weren't at the adventure playground than what happens inside the adventure playground. Right, OK. So they started off by going... You know, we pretended we didn't really know about the adventure playground. They said, oh, it's like, you know, it's really, really dangerous. 
but you feel safe there, right. which I just think is children being brilliant at describing what an adventure yeah. playground is. Yeah. But then they were saying it's when we're out in the community, we know we can go and find a play worker. And they were telling real stories of things that happened to them. You know, they got chased by a dog. They could go and find the play worker. They forgot their coat and they were cold. They went and found a play worker. They needed a football. They went and found a play worker. There was some scary bloke chasing them. The play worker walked them home. When it got dark, they rang mum to say, kids on the way. These might seem like really little things, but to kids, they're really big, big things. things. Yeah. And they build up. What, what you get from that is a really trusting relationship of the, these adults out there who are keeping an eye, who are kind of making the community feel a bit safer, helping them get along with stuff. And as a consequence, what you see where you have sustained playwork is this kind of culture of playing. Mm-hmm. In other research we've done in, in another place where there's a lot of... Uh, there's been playwork sustained for quite some time. Parents saying, oh, when my kids are out playing, I know I can go and call on other parents to find out where they are. Yeah. And they got to know those parents from being around the edges of the play schemes. Yeah. Oh, so-and-so down the road, he always gets the water slide out for us when the play scheme's here, or we can go and fill up the buckets at their house. Mm-hmm. All these little ways in which adults become involved in children's yeah. play lives, but as a consequence, meet other people. Yeah. And it just makes their lives a little bit easier. They get a bit of respite when kids are out playing. They're a bit less stressed. Which is why I'm kind of Life interested in this. And it's kind goes of, on. I suppose it's a, it's, a, it's a penny belatedly dropping for me is that it's not just about the children. It's no. about how that can help make, in that instance, slightly more cohesive communities, which might sound big and grand because maybe what you're talking about is a little cul-de-sac of yeah. 20 houses. But then a lot of people will talk about how they don't know their neighbours anymore. We can, can overlook the significance of that at our peril. Play is just a really important part of the human condition. Mm. And, you know, when we talk about community development and, you know, like you were saying, kind of redistributing power and stuff like that, often the ways in which we do that are through a form of playing or another, you know, whether it's kind of bringing people together to have a bit of a picnic or a water fight or what. Because playing is a pleasurable process and you're not judged in doing it. You know, it isn't isn't done for some external reward. It's just something that everybody can do it's an incredibly inclusive thing because it is so variable so you can play in the way you want Mm -hmm. and be as involved as you like because it's totally voluntary Mm -hmm. and I think there is something very powerful about adults being around children playing Mm -hmm. I think that's some kind of evolutionary thing where we actually benefit from seeing kids having a good time and that makes adults feel a bit easier around each other as well yeah yeah no I think think you're actually right it's fascinating we've been talking for half an hour and I could probably talk for another couple of hours Um, thank you Mike do you want to give another little plug for yourself and Ludicology yeah so people can uh, visit the website ludicology.com where we we also do a podcast so there's more on there really about the idea about play work and about the the concept of play sufficiency as a kind of organising principle for communities if people are interested in this stuff they can find out more there and in terms of Wrexham they can visit wrexham.gov.uk forward slash play and find out more about what we're doing in and around Wrexham and if anybody ever wants to come and visit stuff we're, we're always open and a little plug for the play settings that we've been alluding to and we've had in mind because I wasn't really aware of them perhaps as much as I should given that I'd worked in, in, in Wrexham as perhaps I, I, I should have been because mm. uh, they're all completely independent of the local authority yeah so um, they're, they're funded through the local authority but they are third sector yeah. organisations I mean it, it's funny you say that because I think actually they're probably better at known in other areas of the world than they are in Wrexham 
themselves. But there's the, you know, I work for the play development team for the council, but then there's three of the main partners, which is the Venture, Gwenville Valley Adventure Playground and the Aval play team who run the land. Um, but they also run other projects across the kind of urban villages cluster. But we have visitors from all over the world coming to Wrexham. Mm-hmm. It would be nice if we maybe made more of it in Wales, and particularly in Wrexham yeah. ourselves. So the land is in Plasmatic, isn't it? Yes, the land is in Plasmatic. Which is, what are we talking about, be sort of six, seven miles yeah. out of the town centre. Yes, the south, others are in the south, in south the of Wrexham, yeah. And then the other two are in on the Kaya Park estate. Yeah, yeah. And there has been a culture of playwork in Wrexham for 35 years plus. Mm-hmm. But, the, you know, there are still many other places where good playwork happens in the UK. Sure. Uh, unfortunately, in Wales, we have seen a significant reduction in mm-hmm. it as a, as a consequence of reductions in public funding. Yeah, which is an ongoing challenge for a lot of us yes. in this sort of work. Mike uh, Dilkeval, thank you very much. And it'd be nice to do this again one time. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having, having me on. Thank you.